As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and my friends, we're so glad that you've let us come into your space right now. And I'm here with the legendary Denise Renner, who's dressed tonight in a very pretty fuchsia top. Denise, that is so pretty. Thank you, Rick. And Home Group, I welcome you. I'm so excited about today and being with you. And I, I want to thank you for taking your time to be with us. We really enjoy having our Home Group, and that means being with you. And Paul's with us. And Paul Renner, who else is with us tonight? Hi, everybody. I am so glad that my wife is with us today in the home group. I think this is Polina's first time to be on the English home group. Welcome, Polina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Paulina, we're so glad that you're here. And this week in the regular home TV program, we're talking about, are you ready for this? Listen, the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. You choose death permeated works or supernatural life-giving fruit. Not much of a choice, is it? <laughs> I'd rather produce life-giving fruit, fruit than death-permeated works. But you know what? When I started this series, I thought, I wonder if this will really be interesting. And you know what? It is fabulous. It is so loaded. And I'm excited for people to see it and for people to order it. So you can get yours by going to renner.org. And it comes with a study guide so that you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. And Denise, what do you have? I have Sparkling Gems number one. And uh, I have to be honest, number one's my favorite. Okay. And we are offering that to you this week. Yes, at renner.org. renner.org. There are families that sit around and read this every day with their children as a devotional. They're so, they're so powerful and they're anointed. And we've had so many comments over the years. And we're still receiving comments. So if you don't have one or you know somebody that would really enjoy this or benefit from them, get it. Paul, what do you have? Well, I do a daily devotional every day in Russian with Sparkling Gems number one, and I've been through it twice now. And I've been through Sparkling Gems number one twice now because we're still waiting for Sparkling Gems number two to be translated and printed in Russian, which will happen very soon. We're it waiting will. on it. But you can get Sparkling Gems number one and number two at renner.org. Now, Mama, I have not been through Sparkling Gems number two all the way yet. Yeah. But as soon as it comes out in Russian, because I'm doing my programs and my daily devotional in Russian, I'll sure I'll get a chance to go through it once or even twice. But I'm looking forward to it. This is excellent. Well, I have to tell you, even I use those books. Yeah, I know. I mean, I wrote them so fast. And when in each one of those, there's a thousand Greek word studies. So if I'm writing another book and I need to do a Greek word study, I first go there and say, wonder what I wrote about that. <laughs> and you know, it's just really amazing. I've mined so many treasures out of those books. <laughs> and if you don't have yours, please order yours. But guys, reach for your Bible. Let's go to Galatians 5. And as we're turning there, remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. So let us know how to pray for you. But this week and next week, we're going to be looking at the work of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. And already we should learn something. The fruit produces work, which is really hard. 
it's not enjoyable. But the Spirit produces fruit that is luscious and wonderful to partake of. So you have to choose. Do you want work or do you want fruit? But let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And I want to read a few verses, then we're going to get started. And in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, Paul says, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Then verse 16, This I say then. Now guys, that is really strong in Greek. I'm going to show you tonight. This I say then. He's offering them an alternative. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And we've got a lot to cover. So tonight I'm going to use my notes. And I've given notes to you guys, too. Are you ready? Ready. Let's begin in Galatians 5, verse 15, where Paul describes how people behave if they're controlled by the flesh. And it's not a pretty picture. He says, if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. The word bite, listen to this, is a Greek word which means to bite with the teeth, to wound with words. Oh, I just had a memory, Denise. Do you know I just remembered? That day when we picked up our kids from the nursery and one of our sons had bitten another child multiple times and you could still see the bite marks on the other child. I'll never forget that day. Well, that's kind of the picture here. To bite with the teeth, but to wound with words. This is verbally biting each other. It means to lacerate and to rend with insults and reproaches. But then it goes on to say, if you bite and devour. Well, what does that mean, devour? It's from the word kata. The word kata means down. And the Greek word esthea, which means to eat. When you put the two words together, the word devour, it doesn't just mean to chew on. It means to chew on, to chomp on, and to swallow down completely, to engulf, to consume, to eat each other alive. That's really what it means. Now, I don't know if you've ever been involved in a conversation that started out okay and very quickly it gravitated into something really ugly. I think we've all been in those conversations. I was recently a witness of quite an entertaining conversation. You call it entertaining? <laughs> well, <laughs> taking light of it. Where people verbally bite each other, lacerate each other, and just gobble each other up. I mean, swallow them whole. That is what he's talking about. And if you don't get a grip on the flesh, that's where the flesh will take you. That's just where it will take you. And he goes on to say, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Take heed is a translation of the Greek word blepo, which in this case was meant to mean, look, listen, take heed. And it is so strong that it is intended to jolt and jar the listener. When he said blepo, take heed, it means set up straight and listen. Listen clearly to what I'm saying to you. If you don't stop this, you will consume one another. And the word consume means to eat up, to destroy, to completely devour. We're talking about one of the ugliest things you can experience. Sometimes it happens between husbands and wives. Sometimes it happens between kids in the same family. 
when they get into a mud-slinging conversation, it is so ugly. Sometimes it happens between older adults that are siblings. It's amazing how ugly the flesh can behave if you just let the flesh do what it wants to do. It is not a pretty picture. And that is why Paul then says in Galatians 5, 16, This I say then. Well, guess what the Greek says? It says, Lego, day. The word Lego means I say, but that little word day describes something that is emphatic, something that is categorical. It's like he's lifting his voice and he's literally saying, I categorically say, I emphatically tell you, it's almost like the commander has now lifted his voice and he's speaking in the strongest terms possible to give them an alternative and to give us an alternative, which means we don't have to live and act in the flesh. We can choose a higher road. And that's what now Paul says in this verse. We are not victims to our flesh. Amen? Amen. We can choose. And Paul here is saying, this I say categorically, this I say emphatically, say what? Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Well, Denise, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in my Baptist church, and I would hear people say, you need to walk in the Spirit. First of all, nobody ever told me what that meant. It was like this elusive term, walk in the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And how can you walk in the Holy Spirit anyway? How can you even do that? And I remember thinking, well, maybe if I was really a good Christian, maybe I could walk in the Spirit at least while I'm going to Sunday school. I don't know if I could carry it into the rest of the day, but maybe for an hour, maybe for a minute, maybe for five minutes. I just didn't know what it meant to walk in the Spirit. Did you? No. I didn't have a clue. Nobody, they told me we needed to do it, but nobody ever told me what it meant. Well, nobody told me to walk in the Spirit. No. No. What about you, Paul? <clears throat> uh, yes, quite often. But if you take walking in the Spirit literally, it almost sounds like walking on water. It definitely needs to be explained. If you don't explain it, then it, it doesn't really mean anything. And that's why I'm so grateful for most of your teaching. You explain things. Paul Renner, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Well, let's talk about the word walk. Are you ready, Paulina? Yes. It is the Greek word peripateo. We could just stop right there and go home. Except you don't know what peripateo means. It's a compound of two words. But this tells you everything. The word peri describes a circumference or a circle. Perimeter. A perimeter. Something that is around you. Mm -hmm. Literally means around you. Mm -hmm. The word pateo means to walk. And it was the same word used to describe a person that had walked on a path so many times or an animal that you could blindfold that person or you could blindfold that animal and they could still walk on that path because they have walked it and walked it and walked it and walked it. It's like one day Denise and I invited two friends to come to Moscow and she had become blind and she said, well, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable in new places. But she said, even though I can't see, I know where everything is in my house and even without eyes, I can walk everywhere in my house without trouble. That's the word pateo. Even if you're blindfolded, you've walked this path so many times, you can walk it without even looking. It's become your regular place of operation. That's what the word patel means. But when you compound it together with the word peri, it means to walk around in one general vicinity all the time. Listen to this. It describes something that encircles you, 
compounded with peri. It denotes the movement of your feet to habitually walk around in one general vicinity, and therefore the word walk, guess how it should really be translated? Lifestyle. Live. Live in the Spirit. Well, now Paul wouldn't have told us to do it if it was impossible. He literally said live in the Spirit, which means God's intention is for us to shift out of the flesh and function on this higher level. Not once in a while, not five minutes from time to time, but to live there. Peri patel, we walk around in this area, it becomes the realm where we live. And a more correct translation would be walk and live in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Any comments? Well, I think the more that, you know, we walk with him or we spend time with him or we repent or we see Kim, all of those things, that it becomes a more familiar place that we can grab a hold of our flesh and say, okay, uh, that will produce nothing good in me. If I say that, it's going to make an argument. All right, I'm going to talk to myself now. I'm going to acknowledge that the Spirit of God is in me, and I'm going to keep my mouth closed, and I am going to uh, take control of myself. Well, that would be a process of beginning to walk in the Spirit. Is that what you're it's saying? It's a choice. It's a decision. It's, it's a choice. It's a choice in this situation. It's a choice in that situation. It's a choice to be bitter. It's a choice to forgive. And as the Word is increasing in us and, we're, and, and it's expanding in us, my experience is that I come out of that fleshly thing faster than I did years ago. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. But really, if you understand what Paul says here, you can't live in both realms at the same time. No. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not. Mm -hmm. And shall not in Greek is ume. It's a double negative. It's the word no twice. The word u means no. The word may means not. A literal translation is you will in no way, you emphatically will not, no, you will not in any wise. In fact, it even means you cannot, which means you can't function in both realms simultaneously. If you're in the flesh, you're not going to walk in the spirit. You're going to walk in the flesh. If you're walking in the spirit, you can't walk in the spirit and simultaneously behave like you're in the flesh. And Paul says, if you walk in the spirit, you will categorically not which means when you walk in the Spirit, it's like you just pulled the cord out of the socket in the wall. You have pulled the power from the flesh. The moment you shift into this higher realm, you have just ended the ability to walk in the flesh. He says you will not fulfill. And the word fulfill is the word teleo. The word teleo is where you get the word for fullness or completion. It means to satisfy or to bring to completion which is what Denise was saying. You can start out in the flesh, but by choosing to get out of it, you can shift into the spirit realm and not fulfill what your flesh was wanting to do. You can put an end to it. You really can. And then he goes on and he says in verse 16, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, the word lust, what a great word to describe the behavior of flesh. 
It is a Greek word epithumia, which is a compound of the word epi. The word epi means over, but in this particular word, it's used as an intensifier, an intensifier. The second word is the word thumos. The word thumos is a passionate desire. It's lust. It's a hankering to do something. But when you compound the two words together, epithumia describes a desire, a craving, or carnal longings of the flesh. And because of the word epi at the first of it, which means over and it's an intensifier, it portrays somebody who wants something so bad they're hankering after it, they're doubled over, yearning for it, longing for it, everything in them is saying, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta have it. And it describes the hunger of the flesh. The flesh wants to manifest itself. And if you don't choose to shift into a higher realm, it will. And you'll end up biting and devouring and consuming each other, which is what we saw in verse 15. It's just not pretty. So Paul now gives us this alternative. And listen to how the RIV will translate Galatians 5, verse 16. You guys ready? All right, here it is. Make the path of the Spirit. Okay, guys, I want you to really hear me. I love this translation. Make the path of the Spirit the place where you habitually live and walk. Become so comfortable on this spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in this spirit realm is the best way to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh to creep out and fulfill themselves. Isn't that a great translation, guys? Yeah, great translation. But then you come to verse 17. No, hold, hold on. I want to okay. say something. It's so important for us here to talk about our salvation because it's our salvation that gives us the freedom to choose the Spirit. That's right. We're spirit, soul, and body. And if you don't realize that your spirit, soul, and body and your spirit after you have been saved is a new creation, your flesh still has previous desires, but your spirit is a new creation and you can now choose to follow after the spirit. And when you choose to follow after the spirit, that's when you have the freedom that God intended for you to have, just like we see here in Galatians. I was talking to a young man recently in church who was going through a difficult time in his life and he was dealing with some temptations. Uh, and his marriage was ending. It was a very sad, sad conversation. His marriage was ending, and he said, finally, I can be myself. And by saying, finally, I can be myself, he meant, finally, I can just follow after whatever my flesh wants to follow after. It was a very, very depressing moment in the conversation, because immediately I thought to myself, I don't want to be myself in that sense. Like, I don't want to follow after my flesh. I want to be better. And, and, and it's so important that we can choose. We can choose. Do we want to be our spirit self? Or do we want to be our soulish flesh self? Mm -hmm. And by him saying in that point of the conversation, finally, I can just be myself. Uh, it was so disappointing because he, doesn't, he didn't have the revelation that that is not him. That well, he, is, was, he was losing the battle. He was losing that battle. You know, yesterday I went to eat in a restaurant in Moscow, and I had a memory of something that happened in that restaurant several years ago when Paul and I met somebody for lunch. Somebody that Denise and I had known a long time in this part of the world. 
saved, filled with the Spirit, kind of, uh, mightily gifted and called into the ministry. But I'm telling you, as I sat in that restaurant and thought about him yesterday, he's now gone, he's in heaven. But I thought, I believe he probably was the most carnal Christian I've ever met anywhere ever in my life. And his potential was so magnificent. He was called to preach, but we would watch him. Sometimes, I mean, it was just so carnal. Sometimes we'd just start laughing. <laughs> we would just laugh. It was so ugly. And he would just say the ugliest things and just do. I would, I would look at him and say, what are you doing? Would you please stop that? He just decided to take the low road. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing that when that guy chose to take the high road, oh, my lands, he was a powerhouse. But he didn't make that choice very often. But you have to make the choice. It's not choice. just to surrender to your lower self. Yes. And that's why Paul goes on and he says in verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. Well, first of all, see the word spirit here? In Greek, it is not uppercase. It's just spirit. This is talking about the battle between your spirit and your flesh. It's not your flesh and the Holy Spirit. It's which part of you is going to dominate. You're either going to operate out of your spirit or you're going to operate out of your flesh. And Paul says these two are contrary one to another. The word flesh, the Greek word sarkos, it describes your fleshly nature or basic fleshly instincts. The word lust, again, describes this hankering to the flesh wanting to express itself. The word against is the word kata, and listen to this, guys. The word kata describes something that's coming down, something that's dominating or squashing, which means the war between your spirit and your flesh is so intense, the one wants to squash the other. The flesh wants to get your spirit to shut up and dominate. Your spirit on the inside of you, likewise, wants to conquer your flesh. If there's a real battle, happening between these two realms. And he goes on to say, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And in Greek it has the word day. It means categorically and emphatically. The flesh, the spirit also wants to conquer the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. Well, guess what the word contrary means, Paul Renner? It is a Greek word antikamai which is the word which means to strategically oppose, to take a stand against, to completely be unreconcilable, like two enemies on opposite sides of a war. This is an all-out war between the spirit and the flesh. And you can't reconcile these two things. They just don't get along. One wants to conquer the other. The other wants to conquer the other. They are in a war to squash each other. <laughs> and something's going to be squashed. If you walk in the flesh, you are absolutely going to squash the work of the Spirit. And if you choose to walk in the Spirit, you can squash the behaviors of the flesh. I think it's really amazing. Can I add something there, Rick? Sure. I'm thinking about the difference in being thankful and complaining because you can be complaining. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I, don't like, I don't like that. I, I didn't like that. And I didn't like that. And then you, you can, <laughs> it's like turning on a switch. You know what? I have so much to be thankful for. It is a choice. And you 
start thanking God and thinking about everything you have to be thankful for. And I love way how you described it, Rick. It's like you just squashed complaining. I love that. Well, and, and Paul in verse 16 says, this I say then, categorically, hear me guys, you don't have to do the ugly thing. You can choose a higher level. But here's again, the RIV of Galatians 5.16. Here's God's plan. Are you ready, guys? Here it is. <clears throat> Make the path of the Spirit. I like that, don't you? I do too. <laughs> Make the path of the Spirit the place where you habitually live and walk. That's what that word peripatel means. Become so comfortable on the spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in the spirit realm is the best way to guarantee, the Greek word ume, it's a double negative, to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh, that's the Greek word epithumia, to express itself, to hanker for something, the yearnings of the flesh, to creep out into leo, bring themselves to manifestation or to fulfill themselves. But the good news is we are not a victim to our flesh. We can choose. That needs to be on the refrigerator. Or on the bathroom, on the bathroom mirror. All right, Denise. I don't know. Everywhere. We need to put that everywhere. I love that translation, Brit. All right. <laughs> well, we're out of time, but we're just getting started. When we come back tomorrow night, we're going to pick up right here, and it's going to be good. But remember that if you need prayer, we're waiting for you to ring the phone or send us your email. And be sure to order the series, The Work of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.